Hey, welcome back to The Good, The Bad, and The Yummy. Today, we are talking about why BMI is a terribly useless metric. We're talking about spring cleaning tips, and we are talking about one super simple recipe. Let's go. Welcome, you're on air with Ella, where we share simple strategies and tips from people who are doing something better than we are. Whether it's wellness or relationships to just living better and with more energy or changing your mindset to accomplish more in your own life and succeeding however you define it. This is where we share the best of what we're learning from the experts and we're learning more every day. Live better, start now. Hey, you're on air with Ella and today we are doing a good, bad, and yummy. And you know, this is a regular feature where I share one thing that I'm loving, one thing that I'm not, and one super simple yummy recipe. Okay, before we jump in though, I wanna tell the real-time listeners, we are starting 21 days of journaling, May 10th, 2021. Hop into that Facebook group and you will get one easy writing prompt every day for 21 days. And I was just joking on Instagram for those of you who saw it. I was like, I don't know about you, but like this feels like a chore to me. This does not sound like fun to me, but I'm really looking at this as a morning routine challenge. So like I have lost a lot of the ritual of my morning routine and I am going to rebuild it based around this challenge and and coffee. So coffee and journaling every day for 21 days in a row. And again, if you're in the group, that's a free Facebook group. I am selling nothing. Um, But if you're in the group, you will get one writing prompt from me every day. So you could literally do this challenge for 60 seconds a day for 21 days, or you can write for as long as moves you. Okay. Obviously, the details will be in the show notes. All right, the second thing I wanna share, no matter when you're listening, is to go ahead and connect with me on Instagram if you're not. So I'm at on air with Ella. You probably could have worked that out. And there are three reasons that you should do this, okay? What's in it for you? First of all, I answer 99.999% of my DMs. So if you message me, you have a really high chance of getting a text or even a voice message back from me, um, unless you're selling something or like asking for pictures of my feet. <laughs> Like, who does that? Why is that a thing? All right. So the number two reason that you want to make sure we're connected in Instagram, if that is a place that you dwell, is for pictures of my feet. (laughs) I'm just kidding. That's really disgusting. I show behind the scenes videos. Um, Sometimes you can see recording sessions behind the scenes. You can very often see what I'm eating, if that's of any interest to you. And then things that I just love right now. So that's anything from what's in my pantry to beauty products, uh, even to podcasts that really resonate with me. And just in general, things that I'm really loving. So if you like that kind of share, I always like to hear from you too. So I love that dialogue. Like social media for me is just for connecting, like no other reason. I don't really see its purpose other than that. So the third and final reason I would love for you to connect is because I ask for your input there a lot. So sometimes I'll ask you for good, bad, and yummy ideas. Sometimes I'll ask you for guests that you want me to interview next. And I read and save every answer and I go back to them as a reference. So first of all, thank you if you ever do that. A lot of people uh, ask questions and that sort of thing on social media because they're trying to drive up engagement. Um, For me, like that's super lovely, but what I'm trying to do is get your feedback. So that's just a really easy way because a lot of you don't want to be emailed and I 100% appreciate that like who needs another email so um, I will just take your feedback and your input there a lot so anyway on air with Ella Instagram find me there okay let's get into it it's 
that time of year, spring is here, summer is just around the corner, and it is time to declutter and spring clean. And just so you know, I have an expert coming up really soon on the show to talk about the Marie Kondo method for decluttering. And today, I really want to focus on cleaning naturally and easily. But before we get into actual cleaning, which sounds like a super sexy topic, I know, I just want to share a few quick non-negotiables for me about clutter because it does, like it makes it 10 times easier to clean. So here are three things that I always do. And then three things that I often do to stay sane, quite frankly, in my own home. Okay. Three things I do every day. I make my bed every single day. There are actual studies that show that making your bed every day sets your day off on a better course and experts argue that it even makes you more successful. I would say it's correlation, not causation, but highly recommend that you start your day with a made bed every single day. Now in my house, it is last man standing. So whoever's out of the bed last makes the bed. So I don't have to make it every day, but it is made every single day. The other thing that I do now that I'm a grown up, I did not do this for many years, is I put things away right then. So I follow the one minute rule. If it takes one minute or less to do it right then, I go ahead and do it. And then finally, I clean up the kitchen every single night uh, I or my husband does so that every single day is a fresh start. Why am I telling you this? Because these very, very simple things make all the difference for getting my head right. So make my bed, put things away, and make sure that the kitchen is clean every single night so that every single day is a fresh start. Clutter all around me makes it difficult to keep things clean, and it makes it difficult for me to feel organized. So again, going to do a whole show on that, but I wanted to share that with you to sort of set the stage for these natural cleaning hacks. Believe it or not, we do not have to use blue, orange, or green sprays to clean our house and keep it clean. I know it's not sexy, okay, but it is wellness related because the marketing gurus of the world have convinced us that we need like industrial strength bleach sprays that are, again, like some sort of manufactured color typically um, for our house and that it's not clean unless it smells like a chemical factory. I am here to tell you that you can clean your entire house with nothing more than some lemon, white vinegar, water, and some baking soda, and maybe even an onion. (laughs) That's right, an onion. I'll get to that. Do I? Do I clean my house with only white vinegar, a lemon, and possibly an onion? No, I do not. I actually buy some of the sprays from the store because I am interested in my own convenience. But I do buy the more natural botanical-based brands from Whole Foods and the like, not the super, super commercial, heavy industrial stuff because it's not good for you. It's not good for your children. It's not good for your pets. So I definitely will buy the sprays and I'm not going to pretend like I am a full homesteader cleaning my house with essential oils and a lemon, all right? But that said, I want to give you a few quick hacks for the the least interested homesteader for your kitchens, your bathrooms, and even your grill with just a few natural items you might already have lying around the house. So real quickly, this week's good is natural cleaning hacks. Faucets. You know those water stains that you get on your faucets on stainless steel? You can remove those by simply rubbing a lemon half on the water stains. So the citric acid helps remove hard watermarks, okay? I'm gonna go through these really quickly because like who wants to hear this, right? Like I want you to have this information, but I'm not gonna belabor the point. (laughs) 
All right, your microwave. If you have children or if your microwave looks like the inside of a college dorm, there is a really easy way to clean it out because you know, if the soup exploded in there, then three days later after you've used it multiple times, that stuff is there forever. Well, alas, you can clean even the toughest grime with a lemon again. So cut a lemon into halves and then squeeze the juice into half a cup of water and then drop the lemons in. So put a bowl or a glass, you know, a measuring cup of water in there, something that's microwave friendly, very obviously, and squeeze the lemon juice out and then drop the lemons in and microwave it for three minutes, okay? Don't open it. Microwave for three minutes and then let it stand for five minutes without opening the door. Finally, when you open it, now eight minutes later, all that gross stuff on there and the lasagna that your kid made a week ago, it will all come off really, really easily, okay? So the, again, the citric acid and the steam will allow you to clean that off really, really easily, all right? I'm gonna put all this in the show notes. You don't need to write this down. Let's talk about your shower. You know those stains that you get from mineral deposits on your shower head? Well, vinegar will dissolve that really, really easily. So you can fill a plastic bag with water and white vinegar and secure it on your shower head. It's so funny. I'm like making these gestures for you. <laughs> Hope you find it useful. Uh, secure the bag of white vinegar and water on the shower head with a rubber band and leave it overnight. That will get rid of those mineral deposits and even the mildew that can form over time. Okay, now please run the shower before you hop in it or you will end up smelling a lot like white vinegar. Last tip, the grill. You can clean your grill. It is spring. It is time to get the grill out. But if it has last year's funk on it, you can clean that with vinegar and an onion. So heat the grill, heat it up first, and then spray white vinegar onto the grates to loosen the residue. Now scrub the grates with half an onion. The acid from the onion cuts the grime more easily. Now I'm going to go out on a limb here and say you could probably do this with a lemon too, but I haven't tried it. So again, a little bit of vinegar and then scrub the grates with half an onion. You're welcome to try a lemon too. The acid will cut the grime more easily and get last year's funk off. In the show notes, I'm going to include a recipe, if you will, for an all-natural cleanser that can be used on your appliances, on your sinks, on your quartz, on your granite, on your marble counters, and it's just made out of a dash of rubbing alcohol, a little bit of natural dish soap, dish soap, dish soap, and five to 10 drops of, okay, essential oil. You got me, peppermint, lemon, or orange essential oil. And you can make the spray. And I'm not saying that we're all gonna make our own home cleaning products and that's it, that's all she wrote. But it's a nice thing to have in addition to some of the more powerful stuff. Again, especially if you're cleaning your kitchen and your bathrooms and spaces where your kids or your family or you, you precious thing, operate. And you don't need these chemicals all over and you don't need that chemical smell. So this will smell infinitely better because of the essential oils. All right, I'll link to all of that in the show notes, including that recipe. Okay, thanks for humoring me on the spring cleaning, but now I wanna talk to you a little bit more in depth about this week's bad. This week's bad is body mass index, more commonly known as BMI, specifically as a metric for health. And why am I talking to you about this? I'm gonna tell you a little backstory, okay? I was talking to a friend of mine and he was able to get the COVID vaccine ahead of many other people in the state that we live in where you had to qualify with certain conditions to be eligible, okay? So there was quite the queue and you had to have a condition or you had to check a certain box to be able to sort of jump in front of the line. And he's really healthy. And he is five nine-ish, let's say, like he's not super tall, but he is super jacked, all right? Like a 
extremely muscular, really low body fat percentage. And I want you to know, I was not noticing this, okay? This is like a purely scientific observation that I was making for us, okay, on our behalf. Okay, I did it for you. And I asked him how he managed to be placed in the queue, you know, as a healthy person. <laughs> and he said, oh, great news, I'm obese. And I was like, what? And he said, yeah, I'm obese according to American medicine. <laughs> His BMI shows him as obese because of the way BMI is calculated. And he is totally 100% accurate by American medical standards and by any system where BMI is a valued metric, which is totally absurd. And I'm about to tell you why he is considered obese. So I had such a giggle over that. But then like, I really started thinking about it. And I got kind of frustrated because for many of us in North America, the UK and Europe, the BMI metric is used by health practitioners to categorize people as overweight, quote, normal, or a lean person. And those are their terms. And like the scale, this metric is widely misleading and even sometimes frustrating, and it can have detrimental effects on people. So like the scale, it is widely used to make determinations that it is not qualified to make. So if you've ever been told by a doctor that you are borderline obese, or conversely, that you are absolutely fine, even when you're not, BMI might have been a factor in that. So what is BMI? Body mass index is a ratio based on a person's height and weight. So the BMI number is calculated by dividing a person's weight in kilograms, actually, by their height in meters squared. So it is weight divided by height. It's a ratio. And it's intended to be an estimate of body fat. At least that's how it's used now. And that's never what it was designed for. But what's wrong with it? Let's start there. So your weight obviously includes body fat, but it also includes, okay, are you ready for this? It also includes bones, muscle, fluids, literally everything else. So body mass index's biggest flaw is that it does not take into account the person's body fat versus muscle and lean tissue content. For example, muscle weighs more than fat. That is true. And the extremely oversimplified BMI ratio calculates athletic people as fatter than they are, among other things. That's just one example. So let me give you like a real example. Any two women will have the same BMI if they are the same height and weight. So if you have a five foot four gymnast and a five foot four non-exercising adult who both weigh 146 pounds. So you have a gymnast who's really stacked with a lot of muscle density and she weighs 146 pounds. And then you have a non-exercising adult whose set point weight, like natural weight should maybe be like 125 pounds, but she is currently weighing in at 146 pounds. The BMI calculation would classify both of them as overweight. Also, BMI does not take any differences in race, ethnicity, or gender into account. In fact, it was based exclusively on the average white European male of the 1800s. The 1800s. It was actually devised, BMI was devised in the 1830s by a Belgian mathematician, okay, not a doctor. He was a Belgian mathematician, a sociologist, a statistician, and an astronomer. <laughs> 
He was not a doctor and he was not even trying to measure health. So he produced the BMI formula as a quick and easy way to categorize people and look at the distribution of a general population. I say that in quotes, I'll explain why in a minute. There's an asterisk next to the word general, okay? But he produced this formula as an easy way to categorize people because at the time there were no calculators or computers. So this extremely basic calculation may have actually served its limited purpose over 200 years ago, or excuse me, almost. 200 years ago, right? And he was looking at the distribution of a population. It was a population level tool that was meant to categorize, but it was never meant to be used on individuals and nor did it ever take into effect any differences in gender, ethnicity, or race, okay? It was primarily white European men of the 1800s, all right? They were a different size <laughs> even than white European men are today. And it excluded every other ethnicity, gender, and race. Okay, you get the idea. Well, in 1972, for reasons I do not know, a physiologist named Ansel Keys uh, reintroduced the calculation as the body mass index for individuals. And it has then obviously since been adopted by the medical community as a way to measure individual health, something it was never intended to do. So here's a recap. Two centuries ago, a white European in Belgium came up with a ratio reflecting his local population of men. 190 plus years later, this is used by health experts, insurance companies, and doctors to decide whether or not to insure and often how to treat a wide, a much wider array of people. So it's a ratio that we still use to discriminate against others or to determine whether someone is insured or to determine how to treat someone and P.S. to judge ourselves. So it is time for a better way. My only goal today is to just share information with you that I was not aware of. Again, it doesn't matter where you are on the spectrum. The number is useless and, and it's an absurd metric to use to measure health. There are better ways. I linked to additional reading here and you can even look at some of the suggested better ways to measure wellness and measure health in our medical community. If this is something that interests you or surprised you in any way, I've linked to three additional articles so you can read more. So today's bad is BMI. Don't be fooled. Okay. We went from spring cleaning to body mass index. <laughs> I have no idea if you guys like these good, bad, and yummy episodes, but I think it's fun to just do like a cornucopia of thoughts that don't warrant their own show. I hope you like it for that reason, but I'm very open to your feedback. So if you like these, let me know in a review. And if you do not like these, send me the constructive feedback, send it to me in my DMS or in my email. I'm Ella at on air Ella again, on air Ella, no with. So Ella, Ella at onairella.com or just go to the website and you can always email me and tell me what you love and what you don't. All right. Did you notice how I was like, if you have positive, positive feedback, leave it in a review. And if you have constructive feedback, just tell me. <laughs> okay. Can we keep it between us? I will listen. All right. The recipe. This is from Mary's whole life. I love her. I really, really love her photography and her recipes and her Instagram page. And I reached out to her and I said, Hey, can I put you on blast? Like, I really want to share one of your recipes. I want to use your photo. It's not my photo. It's not my recipe. And she said, absolutely go for it. So give her some love. I will link to Mary's whole life and I will put her Instagram handle in the show notes too, but reach out to her and give her some love. This is a recipe for pineapple guacamole. What you say? Pineapple in my guac? Yeah, I'm here for it. 
To me, this is such a good like spring summer recipe. I really wanted to share it with you. And by the way, shout out to my friends in the other hemisphere. I see you. I know it's starting to get cold for you and I'm sorry, but I think you will enjoy this pineapple guacamole no matter where you are. All right. You need, I'm just going to tell you what's in it. The recipe is mash it all up. (laughs) Those are the instructions. I'm just going to tell you what the ingredients are in Mary's whole life's recipe. Four large avocados one jalapeno, make sure you seed it, dice it up, one cup of diced pineapple. And honestly, you can use canned pineapple. All right. Like I'm not here for going and getting an actual pineapple and dicing it. That's way too much work for me. So I'm getting canned pineapple and then half a cup of diced red onion. And then here's the fun stuff. Little bit of garlic powder, one teaspoon, little bit of cilantro, little bit of lime juice, and a little bit of sea salt. You know, the measurements and the recipe are in the show notes. My objective with you today is just to share the concept with you and then tell you where to find the recipe. Find the recipe in a beautiful photo in the show notes today, and I link to Mary's whole life. So Mary, thank you for the pineapple guacamole recipe. It never would have occurred to me to marry pineapple with my avocado, and now I love it, and I appreciate you. All right, you guys, that is all for today's The Good, The Bad, and The Yummy. Let me know what your ideas are for an upcoming episode. Give me a good, give me a bad, give me a yummy. I'm here for it all. DM me, whatever. If you have something nice to say, say it in the reviews. Hey, you guys, thank you so much. I appreciate your messages. I appreciate your reviews for real. I read every single one, and I love you. See ya. Okay, that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed today's show and got something out of it that you can use. If you did and you want to learn more, find me on Instagram at onairwithella or open the show notes for this episode and get all the links at onairella.com. There's no whip. It's just onairella.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you for sharing the show. And thanks for inspiring me. You are quite simply awesome.